Welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Hi, I'm Michael. This is Barbara. And I'm Lauren. This month, we read Dear Monica by Samuel Davil, which was sent to us by the author himself. Thank you so much for providing us copies to read. Like always, we'll split the podcast into two sections, a spoiler-free discussion and our overall score, and then a more in-depth discussion of the plot and the ending, which will obviously be spoiler-heavy, and our individual scores for the book. But first, let's talk about the author. Samuel DeVell grew up in a rural Wisconsin home, at eight, leaving a home at 18 for the Army. In the Army, Sam was an airborne ranger who was constantly taking in the world around him. After leaving the Army, Samuel moved to New York City while pursuing a career in film and television. After appearing on the small screen and doing numerous indie works, Samuel started writing about the world he absorbed through his life. He enjoys writing stories that have mental health twists or ones that don't always end in happy endings. At the end of the day, life doesn't always end happily. Samuel tries to capture the small moments, the ones that everybody else easily takes for granted. And now Barbara's going to tell us about uh, some of the background info on this book. Yeah, so it was originally published on August 21st of 2020. It is considered a contemporary romance under the genre, and it's 171 pages. It currently has a 4.64 out of 5 on Goodreads and a 4.8 out of 5 on Amazon. Um, and as far as nominations and awards that it's won, it hasn't been nominated or won anything yet. All right. Thank you, Barbara. And now over to Lauren for the back of the book. Yes. Yeah, so the back of the book says... What do you do when the one and only love of your life leaves you? That is the exact position that Charlie finds himself in when Monica leaves him. At the advice of his therapist, Charlie starts to write Monica, chronicling their relationship and his battles with depression, alcoholism, and acceptance. Does Charlie ever accept Monica leaving? Will he be able to remember who he was before? In this deep dive into mental health, will Charlie be able to pull himself out of the black hole he has dug for himself? Join Charlie as he gets extremely personal and detailed about what's really happening under the surface as he writes his lover, the only person he would ever talk to like this, his world. All right. Thank you. So, like always, what did you guys think about Dear Monica? And remember, no spoilers. I'm going to let Lauren start this one off. Um, I enjoyed this book overall. I will be honest. Um, my enjoyment... So I enjoyed the whole thing. My enjoyment kind of came full circle towards the end. Um, I spent a lot of the book being really frustrated with Charlie's character. Um, even like diagnosing him in my head, which as some of you know, I'm um, I'm licensed to do that. Uh, <laughs> but um, I did enjoy the, the diary letter kind of formatting. Um, it was interesting. It's probably not something that I would seek out to read on a regular basis like that format, but um, it was enjoyable for this purpose. I also really enjoyed how the letters allowed us to kind of get to know Charlie and Monica's relationship from the very beginning to the end. Um, and they were story-based. So like he would start out by telling you about an experience or a memory or um, a different you know vacation they took or whatever, and, and it made it like more relatable. Um, I do wish that the author would have had access to a better editor. And I know Barbara and I kind of, we're all on the same page for that. Um, because there were a lot of grammatical errors that were really distracting for me. And that's partially because I used to be an editor in college. And so my eyes are kind of trained to find those errors, but I think that any average reader, um, might be distracted by some of those, but overall, I think it was a good read and definitely, um, definitely would recommend it for people who want an ending that they're not going to anticipate. So I'll, I'll jump in next. I, I, uh, I didn't know what to think getting into this one, to be honest. I, I remember when Lauren got the first message from Samuel and uh, you know, asking if we'd review the book. And uh, I took a look at it and I, I was like, huh, this is, this story sounds interesting. And then I looked at the actual book and I was like, huh, these, these are letters. I'm like, this is, this is very strange. I've never seen anything like this. And I didn't really know what to think going into it. And I actually, the format was strange and it was the first time I've ever read something like that, but it was a really interesting way to tell this story. I don't think that it's something that, I would like reading this format a lot because it's it's different. But for this story, I think it did a really good job. Um, he did a great job building Charlie's character, um, who was the main character who was writing these letters, uh, with just enough red herrings to keep things interesting. Um, there were a lot of the the letters and the entries that you would read, and it was you know in some cases painfully easy to get inside Charlie's head. And when I say that, I mean like it was it wasn't a comfortable place to be at all times to be in uh, in the headspace of our main character. Um, 
mental health is a huge theme in this book. And I think it was pretty well represented by the author. Um, like Lauren said, the editing was really the biggest downside. And I'm not going to go super into it because I know Lauren and Barbara both have a lot more to say about it later. Um, but uh, so I'll leave it there for now. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting take on the genre. While not the first person who's done or told or written a story in, in letter form, or I personally think it's more diary form, um, I thought it was a cool concept. Um, at first, I was a little disgruntled with Charlie as a character because I thought he was one of those guys that, you know, just couldn't let go and blame Monica for their breakup. But once I kept, once I read more, I understood him and his thoughts better. And I feel like it, the way it was written, it's more of an intimate look into just Charlie. And so you really get to know him as a character um, when used like this. Um, I think the author did a really good job of showing what depression can look like. Um, the biggest issue I had with the book, like everyone else mentioned, is whoever edited this book really did a disservice to it, I thought. Um, at one point, there were even similar chapters. They even had the same title um, in, two completely different, in, in two different complete parts of the book. And that was extremely distracting. I read that part and literally thought that I was – it was just because it was, like, 2 in the morning and I was delirious. I was like, I swear I've read, like, this before. Right? Yeah. And, like, I even went back to look at it and it's different. Like, the passage is different. Like, the very first beginning of it is a little bit similar than everything else is a little differently. And I'm just like, what the heck happened here? Like, that's something an editor should have caught. So – um, this, the book just was riddled with grammatical errors that really pulled me out of the story. And it was just hard for me to shut my brain off and try not to edit while I was reading it. And that just was an issue. And I think most people would have an issue with that. So drawback. Yeah, no, for sure. I think we were all on the same page there, but if it had been well edited, I think our scores would have been a little bit higher for this one. Um, so like always, we're not going to go into our individual ratings at this point. Um, you're going to have to wait for that if you want to listen to the spoiler section. Speaking of a spoiler section, I did want to mention uh, it's going to feel like the first half of this episode is a little bit shorter than some of our episodes. And a lot of that is because it's hard to talk about this book without getting into spoiler territory if you ever wanted to read it. So just that if you're wondering, that's why this section was, was a little bit shorter than it is sometimes. But our group score for this one was a annoying decimal number it was a 6.42 that was not 10. my fault uh which, you'll, you'll hear fault. our individual scores later and figure out why and whose fault that was but our overall score was a 6.42 out of 10 obviously not michael's fault my b my b it's <laughs> i think we should know that by now because i complain about the decimals every single episode um and we do so, it just as fine <laughs> at this point moving on from there would you recommend this book um i'll start on this one and, and for me you know, once it's cleaned up, uh, if, if it was um, if it was better edited, then 100%. I'd recommend it to really almost anybody. Like, it's it's an easy book to read. It's short. It doesn't take very long to read. Um, I think it's an impactful book. It's an interesting story, interesting characters. The format is novel. Um, I really liked it. I really liked the story that he told. Um, I think that the subject matter is really important for people to read about. Um, I, I thought the author did a really good job describing that stuff. And um so yeah, I mean, I, I I think still as it sits, I would still recommend it. I, but there would be a caveat, you know, you'd be, be like, yeah, you should read this. It's like, but just know that there's like some some pretty poor editing that's gonna maybe mess you up. And um, for me, it what hurts about that is that it's such a great story, and I would get sucked into this story reading these chapters. And like I said earlier, like you get sucked into like the you know the main character's viewpoint and then the editing or like a misspelled something would just yank you right out and it, it's uh, that, that was a bummer but uh, but yeah I, I would recommend it um just with that caveat barbara yeah i too would recommend this book but only if it got a better editor to clean it up currently as it sits it just feel like it feels like an unfinished unedited book um like it, it was not even maybe like four chapters in and there's like three periods just hanging out or like two periods with a question mark that shouldn't be there. Like that's something that as an editor, you, it's really quite easy to pick up. Um, but the story is really interesting. Um, there is, you know, pretty much just one main character cause it's his diary essentially that you're reading about. Um, 
So it's not a normal book that I would read and pick up, but I thought, like Michael said, it is a good story to tell and to read about. It's very interesting. It's a new concept of something I haven't really read about. So I really enjoyed that. So I would recommend it with you going in to know this. I feel like it's on un- it's on un- an unfinished unedited book. Lauren, what about you? Um, I mean, I agree with what you guys both said. Um, I also do want to be the, um, I don't know, the cheerleader in this that it's, it seems like it may have been self-published. And so, um, I don't know that for sure, but if, if the author- No, it is. He is self-published, but it even says on there who edited it. And so whoever edited it should have done a better job or something. I don't know, but it is 100% self-published. I thought that, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And I think that, I mean, obviously, you know, when you put a work out there, you want- you want your editors and your publishing people to do it justice. And so it is really unfortunate that there are still so many errors that, um, like, I feel like I should offer my editing services or something. Yeah. I I Um, was, I was reading that. And someone said, like, if you're going to self publish, like the one thing you should never skip out on is a good editor. And this kind of shows it to me when I was reading that. Yeah. Maybe you should be like, Hey, I can edit your book. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be pretty easy because really, I mean, the content and everything, like the story, like Michael said, is great. And it definitely draws you in. And so it would really just be grammatical editing. So it would be a breeze. But um, like you both said, I I would recommend it. I would just give a heads up about um, just to kind of try and overlook the, the editing stuff. And then um, I would also just give a heads up about some of the content, depending on who I who I was recommending it to, because um, it's it's a heavier book. All right, so for those of you guys leaving us now, don't forget to give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us uh, if you like it. Um, Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. In both places, our handle is at BadassLitPod. We would love to hear from you guys. If you've got a book that you want us to read, let us know. Um, We're we're adding to our list to uh, fill out our schedule. Um, And now before you go, Lauren is going to give us a short preview of what's coming up next month. Yes, next month we are reading Richard Steele's Great White Kangaroo by Zachary Diargon, which was sent to us by the author. And we are going to post a picture on our socials of the cover of this book. He sent us all three a copy, and the cover art is just really cool. Um, So here we go. Unmistakably plain, Richard Steele is floating through his mediocre senior year of high school. Nothing beyond the newest Batman comic or Star Wars movie matters much to Rick, until the day Rosie Todd moved to his hometown of Aurora, Colorado. Rosie is a -a one-of-a-kind, once-in-a-lifetime kind of girl that all of the guys want. A kind of girl Rick wants. For all of the strengths that Rick possesses, his good looks, wittiness, and an above-average intellect, Steele is tormented by demons and consumed by temptation. Richard Steele's Great White Kangaroo is a page-turning, laugh-out-loud, brutally honest, eye-opening twist on the classic Boy Meets Girl story. In this debut novel by Zachary J. Diargon, we get a true glimpse into the chaotic mind, heart, and soul of a teenage boy. Now remember, the second part of our podcast is an in-depth look at the book. So if you do want to read this book, stop listening right now and come back when you're done, especially with this book, because there's going to be some real spoilers that are going to ruin the book for you if you keep listening. This is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. Now, for those of you sticking around for the spoilers, here we go. Before we move on, we would like to issue a trigger warning for the following themes. Mental health problems, pregnancy and infant loss, suicide, substance abuse, and terminal illness. All right, so let's dive into our questions and discussion for this book. First question, like always, 
what did you like about the book? What did you not like about the book? Was there a specific point in the story that really hooked you in? And I'm going to let Lauren start on this one. Um, I enjoyed the novel, like the writing style in letters. Um, I've read several books before that kind of had this format, and it always makes for a quick and easy read, which I always enjoy. Um, I also liked the plot to an extent. I really disliked Charlie's character throughout most of the book. Um, I felt like he was putting this Monica on a pedestal and that he had like this serious codependency problem. Um, I was even texting the pod, like our group chat and like throughout while I was reading it being like, this dude is pathetic. Um, yes. Yes, she was. And, and then I felt like a real ass at the end. But um, I just felt like the fact that he could not let this presumed breakup go was a bit pathetic. I also was frustrated because it seemed like it just kind of dragged on and on. It was like the same theme to all of the letters i felt pity for the character like but years had gone by and he was still waiting to hear from this woman um i also was kind of perplexed when he said that his therapist told him he was making great progress i'm like what kind of therapist are you seeing it's not progress but once you read the ending then you realize that it actually was um like after discovering that it wasn't a breakup and it was um spoiler alert his wife died of breast cancer then i was like just got it like i felt terrible for him um and then they went through the stillbirth and that was awful to read about too um it was just it was definitely a heavy ending to a book uh and the fact that it ended in such a surprising way made it a good read for me overall and kind of worth the frustrations kind of going leading into it um there were several times throughout the story where i thought perhaps monica was kidnapped or murdered rather than her just just leaving him. You've read um, too many murder mystery novels. <laughs> I literally made that comment to Michael. I was like, this girl's going like murder mystery. <laughs> yes, I was. I was like, I think that she was murdered. Um, because I like it's, he would say things that made me think that she was dead and not just gone. And so I'm like, Hmm, but so I was somewhat on the right track, but I definitely did not see the ending happening. Um, I did not see that coming. And I like reading books that I can't predict. Okay. Barbara, what about you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was an interesting topic. I normally don't read these types of books just because of how heavy some of the things can be. And I try to stay away from that kind of stuff because life is already depressing enough as it is. And, you know, but when it's done really well, I do enjoy books and reading books like that. I think you just have to do it really well. Um, and I think he did. Uh, I think the, bu- the book does a really good job of showing how people live with depression. I felt like that was very believable, um, super relatable as well. And you could feel the anguish that Charlie felt at times reading the passages that he would write. And just like what Lauren said, at first, I wasn't a huge fan of Charlie at all. I just, he just seemed like he was one of those guys that only blamed the female for the loss of the relationship. But like she said, he would put her on this pedestal. So like she did no wrong. But then at one point he's like, oh, maybe if I was a better person, if I had then this better, you wouldn't have left me and kind of like, woe is me. And I'm like, dude, come on. It's just a girl. Get over it. Like, I know it takes a while to love of your life, you know, but then um, the author starts hinting and make like, he dropped these little nuggets of like, your dad hasn't spoken to you in a while or your friends don't know where you are. Like your sister doesn't know. And I'm like, huh? Like normally when there's a breakup, like, yeah, the dude doesn't know what's going on with her life, but like her family members should know what's going on with her life. And I get like, if they don't bring her up to him, but it's kind of weird that not even they have heard from her. So I was like, interesting. And that's when I was like, I think she died of some, of something. I was like, either like a car wreck or like, cancer or just she's dead somehow she's dead i didn't think she got murdered Murdered. (laughs) that never jumped in my head as a murder of some sort i just figured she's dead and uh that's what ended up happening um but it, it it took me a while to really get into his character and fully understand where he's coming from. Because in the beginning, it just kind of sounds like what Lauren said, kind of whiny and woe is me type thing. But I think that was intentional. So you can kind of like stay away from the scent of her death until a little bit later in the middle of the story where he kind of stops starts dropping more of that hint. Um, I also wish that we could have seen more their relationship and not like the perfect aspects of the relationship because everyone knows when you're in a serious relationship like you're not it's not always rainbows and butterflies like you have 
tough times and stuff like that. And he'd like, they lightly brushed upon it. They, the author lightly blushed upon it um, with like a few fights that they had here and there, but then they like would get over the fight and it was great. It's like, I feel like that's not really how a relationship goes and stuff like that. So it would have been kind of nice to see um, Charlie kind of talking about like, Oh, this and that. Cause I feel like that would have made him more, believable and not so like one of these guys who is just infatuated with his girlfriend or wife at one point. Um, so I think that would have helped, I think maybe with his character. Um, and then chronologically the book kind of fell all over the place with me. I feel like it, it skipped around and I wasn't really sure if that was intentional or not. So I feel like one chapter it mentions like the new year and then we hear about like Halloween and then back to the 4th of July. So it's kind of, hard to kind of place what was going on and that's normally what I do with my brain so I can just get an outline and timeline of what's going on in the book and that was a little distracting because I felt like it was a little all over the place and that's kind of where the editing can go into place to help with that kind of thing um and obviously the biggest issue I had with the book was the editing it's a shame because I feel like that really brought the book down because it's a really cool subject matter I think um, he showed the mental health, the alcoholism, the depression, and living in, in in just how those people live with that kind of stuff. And it's not even what are the, what is the the term that they say like you're not really living, you're just co- like existing, existing, right? Is not, and that's what I got from that. I think he did a really good job in showing that, and it was very realistic. So I I think the biggest draw for me was the editing, of course, like I said, that would help with how the book was chronologically put and all that stuff with the grammar and all that thing. So that's how I had an issue. And once again, like I would have liked to see a little bit more of a different perspective as far as like the not so perfect moments that they had together. Michael, I know it's your turn, but I want to jump in and comment on something that Barbara said. Like, oh, go for once it. You should you, have just cut me off. <laughs> no. Just like once once I figured out that she was dead and that she he was experiencing like grief, going back and looking at the way that he was whiny and like perfect like idolizing her makes perfect sense in a lot of times when people experience a loss, like psychologically, they seem to even if they didn't have a good relationship with a person, um, or they had more bad times than good times, like they'll only uh, they tend to only focus on the rainbows and unicorns and best parts of either the relationship or whatever. And so, like, looking at it after I had the the information about what happened to her, like, it makes sense. It makes so much sense why he was like, oh, she's perfect. She's perfect. Like, everything was perfect. And it's like, obviously, we know they had to have had some hard times, but... Like, he's literally incapable of seeing anything but her perfection in the fact that, like, he's just experiencing such a huge loss. Okay. So, yeah, like, it was a super interesting story. Um, Like Barbara said, it's a super heavy book. But um, I think it did a really good job telling that story. Um, Charlie's story is not a happy one. And at times, my heart broke for the character. Um, At first, I wasn't very invested in Charlie or the story um, for similar reasons to what Lauren and Barbara said, this like, God, this guy's just like whining. Why are we reading this guy's diary? This is not exciting. And then the more and more I read, um, I got hooked. Uh, I really wanted to know like what happened? Like, where is Monica? Why did she leave him? Uh, why, why is he acting this way? Like, why, why are the things that are, that are, why is he doing this? Why is he seeing a therapist? Why is everything, why is everything happening? Um, and also like, why does it seem like his friends and, her friends and her family uh, are acting so strangely as to like what's going on. And it, it just didn't quite make sense in, until I got to the end. But um, I know we're going to discuss that more later. Um, while hard to read, the ending was super effective though. Those last few chapters hit me like a Mack truck. It was unexpected and heavy hitting and very emotional, um, but very well written. Um, the only thing like, I think this is going to, we're going to keep coming back to this probably. The only thing I didn't like about the book was the editing. Um, It's frustrating to get yanked out of a story by noticing like a typo or a, um, you know, some other, some other minor editing mistake. Um, And so so that would, that's really the only negative for me. I I felt at times as if I was reading a rough draft of the book instead of the finished product. Um, 
if we can get that stuff cleaned up, I, I think that I would have enjoyed the book a lot more because you, you don't, you're not going to get zapped out of the, uh, you know, the experience. Um, and I think I'd give it a higher rating too. So moving on from there. Um, so next question, what did you like about the style of the book? Uh, so like the journal style, the letter style, did you find it an effective way of telling this story? And I'll start on this one. Um, you know, like I said before, when we first got this book, I really wasn't excited to read it. And it was mostly because of the formatting. I thought that was a very strange way to tell a story. Um, I thought it made no sense to tell it that way, but you know what? The author made it work. Um, it felt like the letters were at times journal entries because the character was told by his therapist to write these letters. Um, and it becomes clear, I don't know, somewhere around like letter five or six that he's never really going to send these. Like he hypothetically talks about sending them sometimes, but it doesn't seem like he's ever really going to send them. Um, and obviously later on, you I mean, Lauren talked about the ending, you know why he's not going to send them. But at the, at the time you just think that, you know, she's broken up with them or they're, they got a divorce or something. And so he, he could send them, but I don't think he ever would. Um, but yeah, so the, the letters actually, the thing I thought I was going to like the least about this book ended up something that I really liked about it. I thought it was a very effective way to tell this story. Um, I don't think it'd be effective to tell lots of other stories, to be honest. Um, but I think it was a very effective way to tell this story. Interesting way of telling the story. Um, it At first, it was a little off-putting since it reads how people talk. That That is literally how you talk is how the book kind of read. And I had to really get over that fact. And once I got over the fact, I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't such a big deal with me. I remember like pausing at times and talking to Michael and be like, nah, that's not how it goes. Like, and he's like, you do realize like he's literally having a conversation with himself. Like it is, that's how it's supposed to be read. It's a journal entry. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Once I look at it that way, uh, like I said, it, it does sound like more of a journal or a, guys call it journal i don't think guys like calling it a diary like women do um but maybe i'm being sexist there but it, it journal slash diary whatever you want to call it that's kind of what it felt like instead of more of a letter style i think especially given the fact that he's not actually ever going to send these letters since she's you know gone so once I came to the realization that I shouldn't be judging it for that then I had more of like an open mind on the writing style um and I enjoyed it more, um, especially because I, you know, like when you're writing, if you have ever written like that to yourself or to your diary, like you don't pause to be like, how do I sound super elo um, eloquent or let me edit my jumbled mess of emotions and thoughts while I'm doing this. Like you just kind of write what you're feeling. And that really came off that it really came off in the way he was writing you could really feel charlie's emotions and stuff like that it was very raw so i think for the story the author was telling it was very effective effective because of that lauren what about you um like you said before i've read stories in similar formats and i always enjoy the way it makes the book kind of fly by they're just really quick and easy reads because the the entries are usually pretty short um and so you're like oh i can just do one more letter one more letter and then it's like two in the morning and you're like oh okay like <laughs> So I like that. It's not a format that I would want to read often just because I do enjoy a more traditional um, style of novel, but every once in a while I think it's great. And I think that um, you both put it well, especially you, Barbara, when you talked about um, the fact that like it was kind of there were some run ons or like some stylistic things that you wouldn't see in a traditional novel because it was literally just a, a stream of consciousness is what he was doing. Um, and so to have that kind of come out, come through in the book was cool because it was really like, this was an assignment from his therapist and like, you're just reading, you're diving into his actual like journal slash notebook thing. And so, I mean, I don't think that when we say that like it needs better editing, I don't think that that is a piece that needs editing. I think that it's just the grammatical stuff. So just to like be clear about that, yeah. like I think yeah, that that was intentional, and I think that um, that really adds to the fact that you're you're really kind of inside his own personal notebook, kind of. So I liked it. All right. Next question: What did you guys think about the twist ending, and did you predict it? 
and I'm going to let Barbara start. So I don't know if I would predict it, but I feel like the author in the middle of it does, like I mentioned, drop little tiny nuggets and hints throughout the book saying that Monica didn't leave him, but was in fact dead or something to that effect. Um, So I wouldn't say I predicted it, but I feel like he did a good way of kind of drawing your own conclusions to that. Um, it, It was still extremely gut-wrenching to find out that my suspicions were confirmed that she in fact was dead and he was pretending or not able to process the fact that she had passed away especially with how it happened like you know she lost the the baby and and it was due to the cancer and oh man like when you and I think it's like what the last two, three chapters that all that kind of like he finally admits of what happened and you're just like, oh gosh, <laughs> like this is awful. Um, it's just a very heartbreaking story. Like it really is. And you can just see Charlie spiraling further and further into the depression and alcoholism while you're reading this book and that he's not getting better and he's p- pulling further away, I think, from his loved ones and her family members and stuff like that. Um, and it is really hard to read because of that, because I think he did a really good job of doing that. And then obviously the very last chapter is him writing a suicide note, um, pretty much saying that he'll join her soon. And honestly, I've not ne- like it's rare for me to feel anything after reading a book. Like, yes, like when I was younger and like in Harry Potter you know, what like Hedwig died or something. Spoiler. If you haven't read that, sorry. <laughs> but like stuff like that, like when Dobby died, Hedwig died, like you kind of like, I felt sad, but like this one was different. Cause this is like real, not real life, but like the way that he wrote it, you know, and it just, I got a little choked up. I didn't cry, but I got a little choked up just because of how that ended. Cause you could, I, you, reading that, you know, it's not going to have a happy ending. Like, you know, like where can you have a happy ending for this? So you kind of already have the sense of dread building that like something like this is going to happen. And when he confirms it, you're just kind of like, you're like, I was left with this like hollowness feeling inside my chest because I felt awful, but I get it. Like I understood why. Um, I thought he did a very good job with that. So kudos. <laughs> Lauren, what about you? Um, yeah, so I agree with what you were saying. Um, I, the twist ending, of course, my, um, murder mystery, whatever loving brain always goes to that first. And so like throughout when he was kind of dropping different hints about maybe she was not, it wasn't just a breakup and then she was gone. And then like that, you know, oh, it's not like you to, like, I think he said, it's not like you to, um, just drop all forms of contact or cut people off. And so like saying things like that made me really think that like it was a disappearance or something Um, because he was like, your family hasn't heard from you either. And then when you get to the end and it's like from a mental health provider standpoint, like just is heartbreaking because you realize that he is really kind of delusional this whole time about, and hasn't accepted the fact that she's she's passed on and that because I mean he throughout the book is like I wish you would come back to me like I wish um maybe I could have done something different like just really um separated from reality of the situation and thinking you know and it's sad because I mean the author either has personal experience with mental health or has a, a good knowledge base of what the the struggles are um did you read the back like he dedicated to his mom who oh yes i did read the yeah the after, after the i read that that really like that's when i really was like oh gosh like he's yes. experienced this and it's really sad you're right so the author does have like a um epilogue is that what you would call it or like a note author's, author's note, note or yeah i'd say that yeah um that talks about the book being dedicated to his mom, uh, his mom's memory, and she completed suicide. And so that was really hard, too. So he has, like, an intimate knowledge of kind of some of these issues. But even just the the 
the way that he portrays Charlie's character spiraling um, and just the disconnect with reality and how palpable that is. Um, I mean, like I said, I predicted there being more to the story than just a breakup. Like once I got about halfway in, um, but I was thinking, you know, something more sinister and, you know, crimey. Um, I definitely did not predict that it would be cancer and the stillbirth and, and the completed suicide. It was just, that was a lot. Um, and it was just heartbreaking because this is a story that technically is fiction, but is very believable and very, um, like, it's not far-fetched, I guess. It's not, like, some crazy, like, you know, far-fetched thing. This is something that people go through. Um, and so I think that, yeah, the the ending was, oof. <laughs> Yeah, so my my thoughts are are pretty similar. I there was a point in the book where I thought she actually might have been dead. Like I I remember mentioning that to Barbara, and she she deflected the question. But um, well, I can't I, spoil uh, it. Like, that's a, a really good way of how he did that. So like, I was like, yeah, she is dead. You'd be like, well, <laughs> I appreciate you not spoiling it. Um, because it did. Like there were like he threw up some red herrings where it's like, hmm, like it's hmm, and then it's like, no, I guess she like she just left him and wonder what happened and the author did a really good job at hiding the fact that she actually had died of cancer. Um, this story in a lot of ways is hard to read. You're, you're witnessing the main character spiral deeper and deeper into his depression and substance abuse. And when you start to feel his emotions as you're reading it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Like I said before, the, the ending of this book hit me like a Mack truck. Um, like it, it hit hard. And even though that was what happened, it, it's still, even sorry, even if I thought that that was what happened, like if if I thought that she had you know, she had died, it still hurt to read that. Like it was like um, like if you think something's going to happen and then you then it actually comes to fruition, it's still awful. Um, the ending was very well written. After figuring out she'd actually passed away, that was when I started to worry. I was like, oh, uh oh, like the way he's living up to this point. Like I started to worry, like is this going to end with Charlie's suicide? And and that belief was unfortunately confirmed in the last few pages and it was a super heavy book with an even heavier ending and the ending stuck with me for a while after I put it down. So moving on from there, um, let's talk about perspective. What are your thoughts on telling this story from a single perspective in this case, Charlie's? Um, and I'm gonna let Lauren go first. Um, so I would have liked to have had Monica's perspective kind of weaved throughout. Um, but, and that was like how I felt up until the end obviously realizing that you can't really do that necessarily because of the format um but like for the purpose of the story and the style with the journal um I think that it worked having a single perspective I think I don't know like maybe the author will make a sequel where it's like from Monica's perspective I don't know it wouldn't make much sense really to be honest with you um I think that the single perspective is really the only thing that does work for this particular story. And I think that, um, he did a good job with it. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I also, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't know. I mean, the single perspective, I you initially think that's probably not going to be great. Um, cause it's good to have multiple characters point of views, but for this story, that was really the only way to tell it. Um, to be able to experience the, you know, the, uh, I was gonna say the highs and lows, but let's be honest, mostly lows of, of Charlie's life. You had to. No, you had highs when he would like think about their memories together. Memories, yeah. And I guess what I meant by that is that it's the story wouldn't have hit as hard and been as impactful if it was told in like a traditional format. I think. Um, I think the journal format or the 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 letter format made it. um, It made it a more intimate story, Um, and I, I think that's that's what brought out a lot of it. And so, being told from a single perspective worked worked really well in this case. Barbara? Oh, yeah. I agree with both of you guys. I feel like for um, how the author wanted to tell the story, it worked. I enjoyed... I nor, I, I feel like if he tried doing it some other way, like you said, it wouldn't have been so impactful. Like, it wouldn't have... I feel like it would even be more jarring if he, like, got pulled off and, like, got the dad's point of view, because then you would realize that she had passed away, because, like, he's not... I don't know. Maybe the dad was struggling with the fact that his daughter died. I don't know. Obviously, I can't say that, but... Um, for the the point for how he wanted to tell the story and the point 
across that he wanted to do. I don't think any other way of telling the story, or at least single perspective, it would have worked. I normally enjoy a broader cast of characters. I enjoy connecting with other characters, and that's why maybe at first I wasn't a huge fan of this, just because I was not connecting with Charlie until I kind of started understanding him more. Yeah. Moving on uh, from that question, the next one is talking about uh, the book length and pacing. Um, Did you guys think that the book was a good length? Um, Were there any parts that you wished that would have been expanded on or sections that you thought should be shorter? And how did you think the overall pacing went? Um, And I'll start on this one. Um, I think that truthfully, I think the book was the perfect length. Um, And initially, like without knowing about the book and just looking at like the the hard information, like the, the specs, so to speak, I was like, man, this book's really short, but it, it, I think it was the good length. I, I think that if it would have been longer, it would have, it would have dragged on. I thought the pacing held really well. Um, and it was a solid pace. And even at the beginning when I was like, uh, like this Charlie guy is so like hard, like, come on, man, like get it together. And you know, before you really know what's going on, the, the pacing still wasn't lacking. Like I still wanted to keep reading to figure out what happened. Um, if anything, the pacing just picked up somewhere along the line where it was like, Oh no, I've got like, just like tap, 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 got to keep reading. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was a perfect length and the pacing was, was very well done as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was the correct length. I don't, like you said, I think it would have dragged out had it been any longer. I think it, it was perfect. Um, I do think, the timeline needed to be edited so chronologically it made more sense. Um, but besides that, I, I, that would be the only pacing issue I would have. Just because, like I said, like in my brain, my brain, in my brain, I have a little timeline of events, and I like put stuff. That's how I keep things straight in the story. And I it was struggling with this because I feel like it wasn't making much sense to me. Like where, like, and it could also be like that one chapter was they th- they celebrated the three year in like a middle. And you're like, what? Well, three years? Like, where where did we land on here? We weren't quite at three years yet. And then it jumps back to not being three years. And I'm like, oh, I'm so confused. And then it made sense once maybe the real supposed to be three year chapter came along. And I was like, okay, that was oopsie daisies. Um, but overall, I thought it was good length. I Like I said, I don't think you had that bad of a pacing. Lauren, what about you? Um, I liked the length. I think it was, um, I think it was the right the right length any longer and it would have dragged since the beginning did kind of drag for me. Um, it obviously picked up the pace. I, I do want to speak to Barbara's, um, comment about the chronological thing. I think that the way that I read it and the only reason that it didn't bother me was because I kind of read it as like, he's going day to day and then different things are reminding him of different memories. And so when he's like reflecting back, like, oh, this, like, I went to this place and I remember this time on the 4th of July when we went here. And then he's talking about that memory. And then like the next day he goes and has a coffee from this place and that happened and like it totally. So it's more like it's not chronological, but it's um, it coincides with what he's remembering and like re-experiencing. So that's the only reason that didn't bother me. But I liked the length and the pacing. All right. So moving on from there, um, mental health is a huge topic in this book. And I want to talk about what you guys thought about the portrayal of mental health and how that was that was handled by the author. Um, and I'm going to let Barbara start on this one. So I'm not a psychologist, so I can't speak to that part of it. But I do think the author did a good job of portraying what depression looks like or alcoholism, um, especially the whole spiraling out of control and still trying to live with it and and but like I said, like as far as like a psychologist's point of view, how he did that, I I don't know. But from my point of view, I thought it was handled. How do you, I don't even say it's handled well. You know, like it's sad for someone or anyone to go through that. But I think he does it in a very honest way, and it's not glamorized because I feel like that's an issue some people have where they try to glamorize mental health and, um, and not glamorize in the sense like oh is this, but like they I feel like they portray it wrong. And don't speak to how you have the lows and stuff like that as well. So I think he did a very good job. I think that's one of the high notes I have for this. I feel like it was a very honest representation of it. Lauren, I'm going to let you answer now because uh, you are our resident psychologist. So Yes, I'm very, I was very excited to hear about this part from yours. So please continue to have my ears. Technically resident licensed professional counselor, not psychologist. 
I wish I had my doctorate. Not yet. Um, so I think the author did a good job of showing what depression looks like um, to an extent. And I think that, uh, like we talked about earlier, he clearly has like a firsthand experience in watching somebody kind of battle that. Um, he definitely did show alcoholic and depressive behaviors through the character of Charlie. Um, it was super sad to see the ending because especially after reading about the stillbirth of their daughter and the death of his wife, it would have been gratifying to see him come back from that to some semblance of normalcy. Um, I knew that wasn't going to happen based on the entire book leading up to that point. I knew that um, I kind of knew where it was going as soon as it was revealed what um, what actually happened to his wife. I think that like I've touched on a couple different times, his I mean, separation from reality is just really, really devastating to um, kind of experience and walk through. And I don't think that that was done in a way to make a twist at the ending necessarily. Obviously, like it, it draws the reader in and having a twisty ending is is desirable when you're writing. But I, I think that this was a coming from a knowledge of mental health and what that actually looks like. And I think that um, it wasn't written to deceive the reader throughout thinking that, oh, you know, Monica's still alive. It was written so that you would see at the end just how separated from reality this character was. And so, um, like I said, you know, I think that the author did a really good job of um, highlighting some of those mental health problems and just portraying them in kind of a realistic standpoint because it would have been really easy to uh, write this and then wrap it up in a nice little bow at the end and say, you know, well, her family reached out and my family was there for me and my therapist said I was making progress and slowly the letters would get better and, you know, everything's hunky-dory and it's like so often that's not the case and I think it's so important in um, entertainment like literature and and movies and tv shows and things like that to portray what this actually looks like and what kind of devastating effects that these mental health issues have on people and i think that the author did a really good job of just showing the raw um the reality of kind of what that looked like like no you know this doesn't hurt any less for this care for charlie it's not you know some people without underlying mental health problems like depression and other diagnoses that he was likely dealing with and the alcoholism and all of that, they grieve and go through the grief process and it's difficult. And eventually, you know, if they have healthy coping skills, they can, they can move past that. And, um, it would have been easy to write this from that perspective, but this is showing, you know, that trauma like that and the effect that it has on someone with diagnoses that he has. And, um, just the fact that no, it, it doesn't get any easier. And for some that they feel that that's their only option. And it's definitely uh, very heavy, but also um, that portrayal is very needed, I think. I really appreciate your perspective, Lauren, on that. I, I actually I even wrote in my notes effectively, like defer to Lauren um, on this question, because I thought you'd have the best perspective of the three of us. Um I do think that the author did a good job, at least in my opinion, of showing what depression and substance abuse can look like firsthand, though. Um, I thought it was it was raw and honest. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I, mean, I don't have much more to say other than that. I think you guys covered that really well. The next question here is, would you read another book by this author? Why or why not? And Lauren, it is your turn to go first. Um, I think that I would read another book from this author. However, I do hope that the next one, he chooses a better editor so that, you know, it does his work more justice because that's really the editor's job is to take your work. And like, not all authors are necessarily, you know, professional grammatical perfectionists, you know, like they have ideas and they put it to paper and then the editors are supposed to be the ones that kind of make it print worthy. And so I hope that, you know, if he does continue to write and writes anything else that um, the editing that gets done on that does it justice and maybe even they can go back and kind of republish and, and fix this one. But um, I would read, I would read another of Sam's books. I think that um, obviously it was really good. So I'm, I'm there with you. I also think I'd read another one of his books. Um, it's 
the not the style i guess the 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 genre is not normal a normal book i would pick up um but that's not to say that telling these kind of stories isn't important um it's it's so important but i normally stick with fantasy sci-fi i don't read a lot of books that are anchored in reality um but i i would read another book by sam because as like tough as this book was at times um i enjoyed it and i think i'd enjoy another story from him too yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to reading another another book from him. Um, this isn't my this type of genre isn't really my cup of tea, like I've mentioned before, just because I like reading stuff a little bit outside of normalcy. Just <laughs> said life is kind of depressing and can be depressing at times. This book is a great example of that. So sometimes I just like to get away from that, um, but I do feel like these types of books are important. And like I said, I like reading these types of books when they're done well. And I feel like he did a very good job uh, with it. So I appreciate that. But like I said, the one caveat I would have is that the author would have to get a better editor for the next book. Like this book has so much potential and I, I want that for him. I would love to see that for him. Um, and I would be happy to read another book. It just, you like, Lauren mentioned it's a very important role for the editor to do that because not even like grammar and stuff like that like the whole chapter like that's what you catch like two chapters similar enough to each other shouldn't be in a book like that it it is very off-putting to have that happen um and that's something you should trust your editor with you know and obviously this is self-published so maybe he didn't have um the funds or I don't know. I have no idea how you publish a book. Obviously I have no idea. So, you know, maybe now with the, the success with this book, maybe he can go back and, and get that. Cause I, I think the book deserves that that much. I think I really do believe that. So for sure I would read something else, but with, with that in mind. Fair enough. Um, so the next question is a, is a, is a, a staple question of ours. And I think uh, some multiple people had a little bit of a, issue with how the question's worded, but I'm going to read the question the way it's written uh, so that we can talk about that as well. So was the ending satisfying? Um, and I'm going to start on this one. I think that it was a good ending for this story. And when I say that, I don't mean that it was a, like, it was like, wow, that's such a happy ending. Like it was the, it ended, it ended well for the way the story was being told. Um, this book couldn't have had a happy ending. It wasn't in the cards from the get go. And that's, that's reality. And sometimes reality sucks. And I wouldn't say this ending was like, quote unquote, satisfying, like the question said. Um, but I would say that it was an incredibly effective ending. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's depressing. But honestly, if it's the story that he was going for, um, I think it was a quote unquote, good ending um, for the story because of how honest it felt. Um, I feel like a lot of authors like having a happy ending and this instead feels more like a real life scenario where life isn't always wrapped up with a big bow. Um, life is more complicated and ugly at times. And with the way the story was going, I really didn't see how this could have a happy quote unquote happy ending. So I think as far as was the ending satisfying, like I wasn't angry. I mean, I was <laughs> sad. I was sad for him that that's how it ended um, but it, it, like I said, it made sense. Um, and I could see why he would do that. Just, you can get that perspective from him. Um, I would have liked to see him not go through that, but I mean, isn't that everyone? You always want everyone to have a happy ending. And unfortunately life really isn't like that. So like I said, it, it was an honest ending. So that's what was, I don't know. Oh, satisfying. I don't like that for this, but yeah. That's why I led with that. Um, Lauren, what about you? Um, yeah, satisfying is not a word I would choose to describe this ending. Um, I think that the word I would choose would be inevitable. Um, I think that the entire story and Charlie's spiral into darkness did not allow for any other ending. Um, I mean, it, it just the way that it was written. Um, obviously, if there are you know, listeners, um, like we put a trigger warning, you know, if there are listeners that are contemplating suicide or that, um, are having any of those struggles, please, please reach out, um, to your different resources. And, uh, we'll, I'll cite that at the end as well. Um, a couple different hotlines, but, 
I'm not saying that the ending was inevitable in, in that sense. Like there's always, there's always options, but for Charlie's character, I think that, um, I mean, the way that he was coping or not coping, um, the, this ending was, um, not surprising to me. Um, I was, I would use the word satisfied for the plot twist, I guess. Um, I think that that was really well done. And even though it made me feel like an ass, um, for judging Charlie early on, um, I think that it was, it was definitely well executed. Definitely agree with that part. I I think we all were, uh, felt like an ass at the end of this, if we're being honest, but, um, Moving on from there, uh, our final question, is there a scene or a moment in the book that stuck with you? Uh, Tell us about that scene. And uh, I believe, Barbara, it is your turn to go first. Um, The Indy did. I think it was just the culmination of the spiraling of Charlie that was so impactful. Um, I would say even the last three chapters where you find out what actually happened to her, how he was actually dealing with it, or in this case, not dealing with it and just what he decided to do about it. Um, that really hit hard. And like I said, I kind of was like, Ooh, and then reading about what happened with the author's mom, like you can see that, like Lauren said, like he wrote from a place of knowledge and, and, and with that, like, and it was sincere and I appreciated that. So I think that's what made the ending even more impactful for me. Um, and I think he did a very good job. And I, th- I think that moment in the book will stick with me for a long time. Lauren, what about you? So the scene or moment that stuck with me the most was probably when I discovered that they had a stillborn child. Um, between that and the ending, I think that it was just it was just so heartbreaking because you, you get to experience like his excitement at the first pregnancy test that he, uh, talks about, um, you know, that ended up being negative. And then you get to experience, like he tells the story about the second time and like her, you know, growing baby bump and he's building the crib and like just so much joy. And then just such heartbreak. And it's such a real experience for people. Um, and I think that it was really valuable to include that in, this story while there's so many mental health themes because I don't think that it gets talked about very much out of like and I'm not sure I'll never understand why it doesn't get talked about more um I know that it's just like a really private thing but um people that that go through it then often feel like that they're the only ones that have ever experienced it because of how little it gets talked about in different forms of media and so I definitely respect the author for including something like that but that was definitely something that stuck with me and then also the suicide note at the end so for me the the scene that really stuck with me is is the ending um it it hit hard it pulled no punches did i think i would have all these feelings getting into this book no uh did i cry reading the final few chapters yeah i did um the ending will stay with you and it's gonna stay with me and i feel like it should So it was very well written. Moving on from there to the end of our podcast, uh, let's talk about our individual scores for this book. Um, We're just going to go down the line. So Barbara, why don't you share your awful decibel score first? (laughs) Oh, wow. Shots fired, man. (laughs) I laughed at hers too. I was like, man. I got real creative there. Um, I gave it a 6.25 just because of how I – the other books that I've rated throughout this journey of ours of a podcast. Um, and I just, honestly, it's because of the editing. I feel like it would have gotten, if not like a whole one point and a half, maybe even two points higher, to be honest with you, because I feel like this is a very important type of story to tell and to read about just so you can kind of understand what these people are going through and to realize that it's not, you can't just snap your fingers at them and be like, get over it. And it's funny because I feel like that's what I was doing to him when I was first reading that. And I feel awful. (laughs) I feel awful thinking that I really do. And it's, it's funny because I feel like it's just a glaring moment for me for, for you to realize like, that's what some people are going through. And, and if you go off to them, you're like, Oh, just get over it or blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff, like you don't see half of what they're experiencing or you don't, 
understand it. And so I think this is an important thing to go through. So I'm sorry, I kind of long winded here, but it, the score is sad for me because I feel like it has the potential to be much better. And I, like I said, even a whole point and a half, I would give if the edited was fixed. So, so I I did want to comment on one thing that you said, Barbara, there that, um, the, like that you felt like you were doing that at the beginning of the story. Like you were, you were prejudging the character, even though you didn't really know what was underneath the surface. And when I was writing the notes for this, this podcast to get this stuff, like our outline ready, I started to think about that. And I, I wonder if that was intentional. Like if that was an intentional thing the author did, like to, did, did he, maybe he wanted you to see Charlie, like the world probably saw Charlie, like, dude, get over it, get over yourself, like move on. And and then you slowly like you're it's it's kind of like an onion like you're you're we were like layers were coming off and we were experiencing more and more and I, I kind of wonder if I, was, I don't know deep. I it's a Shrek I, I, so I, don't, I don't know I don't Shrek know if that was intentional onion. or not if you know it was, was so I'm bravo, like totally but. like left field here and like I I'm sorry I apologize I'm interrupting all that jazz I feel like it would be very interesting if we could get the author and do like a little interview with him and just ask him like these questions be like was this that would be interesting we'll have like, to would, reach out to him after yeah this. I would be very curious to know like if that was intentional for him or like how he went about wanting not like like hiding the fact of what happened to her but I feel like that was such a poignant like way of doing that to get mm-hmm. that story yeah. across and i feel like it hit harder like that so i would be very curious yeah. to talk to him about that oh it did it like slaps you in the face like you're like man yes. i was such a jerk as would I. I, I would i would love to do a bonus episode where we talk to sam so sam yeah. if you're listening to this episode about your book that you sent us <laughs> we would love to do a bonus episode where we yeah if you're interested i think yes if you're interested um Anyway, back back to our scores, though. <laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, you were next on the list. What is your score for this one? Uh, I gave it a six and a half. Um, so a decimal, but at least, you know, an even half. Um, I feel like, like Barbara said, it would have probably been more like a seven and a half if it weren't for editing. Um, I also tend to score lower than some people, um, <laughs> just in general. Um, but yeah, if this were... If this were edited better, I think I definitely would have given it a higher score. Um, but like Barbara said, it's it's such a poignant story and that needs to be told. And so I think that um, I think that I maybe should have given it a higher score anyway. But alas, here we are. <laughs> you so can't change your score the, now. <laughs> there's, a, there's going to be an echo in the room, and I'm going to say that I also gave it a six and a half. Michael, um, isn't that pretty stereotypical for you to echo everyone else? Though, I mean, and I, you know, you screw <laughs> it's on, it's um, on par with you no. Know. So I gave it that score for the same reason that they did. Um, I took points off because of the editing. I feel like a teacher saying I took points off. Um, <laughs> but so, like, well, weren't you a I, teacher I at one point? I mean, it works. I, I was at one point, yeah. So, I, I like Lauren said, I, if this would have been an easy seven and a half um, for me if if the editing had been cleaner and it didn't keep yanking me out of the the story. Um, so I gave, I gave it a six and a half. That's that's where I ended up. That I really enjoyed the book. It's an important story. It needed to be told, um, but the editing unfortunately does you know pull away from that a little bit. So, like I said earlier, our group score for this one. Um, because of Barbara, ended up being a 6.42 out of 10. We all love so, those numbers. You know you do. That is where we ended up at the end of this for our group score. Um, before we wrap up, I'm going to pass it back to Lauren uh, to go over a couple extra things for this episode. Yes. So um, going back to what I kind of touched on earlier, if you, um, I just want to make the information available to our listeners Um, since this was a really heavy book and a heavy topic and we did talk about um, things like suicide and mental health, um, just knowing that you're not alone, help is available. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255 and they answer the phone 24-7. And then I also included um, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline number, which is 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. So I just wanted those to be made available to our listeners. Yeah, thank you for going over that, Lauren. I appreciate that. Um, so that that is it. We have reached the end of another episode. Uh, 
Thank you guys so much for listening. We are Badass Literature Society. Hopefully you liked the episode. Uh, if you did, let us know. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a rating. Um, if you've got a book recommendation, there's something you want us to read, let us know. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle in both places is at Badass Lit Pod. And with that, I'll see you guys next month. I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. This is Lauren. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.